I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. But when I put my ass on Instagram, like, I forgot when I like did that for the first time, people were like, I can't believe you're doing this for free. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? I'm Eric Williams, and I just want to wish you a happy May. And did you know that May is also Jewish Heritage Month? question mark it is a thing i just found out uh george w bush uh, enacted this in 2006 so how are you celebrating i'm calling my mom and not having a single boundary respected um i'm also celebrating by sending out my pilot that i just wrote it's a very funny gay jewy script and i'm so excited i mean i you know you hear me talk about imposter syndrome a lot and i'm finally able to be like you know what it's really fucking good, and I'm excited about it. So, if you happen to know anyone in the biz who would want to read it, let a sister know. I want to tell you how excited I am for that Nick Norsh is on the podcast this week. He is so handsome and funny and sweet. And I got a few messages about, like, oh my god, he's so hot. How'd you even talk to him? And um, that was offensive. Do you know how many hot people I've spoken to, babe? It's not my first rodeo. <sighs> Oh, but it's such a great episode. He literally got me close to tears during the Whoopi Goldberg segment at the end. So you gotta wait for that one. You'll see what I mean. He also has just a crazy life. Really interesting stuff and such a good head on his shoulders about it all. So definitely stay tuned for the full episode. I will also tell you how thankful I am for the people who posted or tweeted or messaged me individually about the Netflix show Heartstopper. If you're not watching this goddamn show, I will force your eyes onto it. It's a sweet, sweet romantic comedy about two British boys in high school fall in love with each other. And yes, I am Charlie, the emotional, sensitive, just needing validation. And then, of course, I would be in love with the Nick. I think that's his name. 
the like ginger blue eyed not really attainable guy oh it's just i we're almost finished with it i am close to tears watching it every single episode i will be rewatching it and sending it to every gosh darn person i know if you're queer you need to watch it if you're straight you need to watch it if you're queer and you want your family to understand you more send it to them I just cannot say enough things about it. So let's get into this week's episode with Nick Norsha. I added a new segment in here called Questions for Hot People halfway through. So look out for that. Uh, And of course, if you like the episode, do me a favor and write a five-star review with why you liked it. We are going to be having some exciting guests and features for Pride Month next month. So I'm trying to do everything I can to let people know about this gay-ass podcast. If that means posting about the pod or sending it to a friend. Whatever you do, it is so appreciated that you are here and you are listening. Follow on Instagram at Podcast. Click the follow or subscribe button on your podcast platform during this cute intro music. And I hope you enjoy. Happy Jewish Heritage Month, my friends. L'chaim. Nick Norsha, you need to know that I've been following you on the internet for, I would say, at least 10 to 25 years. Nick, thank you for coming on That's a Gayest Podcast. It is truly an honor and a thrill to have you here, and I'm so happy. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is honestly a pleasure. Um, You are an inspiration not only for gay internet, for hairy internet, for funny internet. You're just everything that I aspire to be and more. Uh, I want to ask you an opening question that's really controversial. Oh, I love controversial. So you recently, or in the past year, posted a video about you making cookies for your future investment banker husband. Mm-hmm. When, you yes. en- when you envision your one and only, is he in fact rich investment banker? Or do we have any other sort of career or even any sort of what we think of your husband being? I'm not set on investment banker. That's just like the stereotype. But I've always, I've always been drawn to like creatives, people that are very outgoing. But I'm like, when I think about like a relationship, I so many successful relationships that I know of. I've actually never been in one, but like when I observe, they're typically like the yin and the yang. Like they're complete opposites. So I'm like, well, I think I need like an analytical, like more like reserve type investment, like finance type person. Because you, because um, you are more of the extrovert in the relation, right? So, like an accountant, an accountant would be another, or even like, a, I mean, a doctor. But I, fe- I think of doctors <laughs> as like, I think of Grey's Anatomy. I think of like a very personable, like, I don't know. So, what you need is a doctor with a bad bedside manner. You uh, just just need a doctor <laughs> who is not the most fun to talk to on the surgery table. Um, I actually love that for you. I do. So wait, so you are currently looking for the man and you said you've never been in a relation. No, I've never. I've t- I'm 26. Uh, I've never been in a relationship. So before. you are literally four years old. Oh, that's devastating. 26 is so, so, okay. What, what's what been the journey in the dating pool thus far? I mean, you post so many funny things about like your old straight self and like, and, and I think if anybody listening doesn't follow you, which I'm sure they do, um, you might be considered straight presenting. I don't know if that is something that is, con- will get me canceled to say, but like, like you also it's just like also you own your gayness in such a cool way that i think it's kind of a, a beautiful combination so that being said did you come out what did you come out long time ago recently what's the journey 
Um, it feels like I came out recently. It's been four years. I came out when I was 22 and I was still at the University of Georgia. Um, and I was uh, about to start my senior year of college. And that's when I came out. And the, one of the reasons why I haven't dated since then is like that. So like that last year I was at Georgia, which technically I stayed a fifth year. So that was two years, but I like came out during my senior year and I just was like an emotional wreck and that's never a good time to date when you're like figuring out who you are. Mm -hmm. So by the time I was like ready to date was a year from my graduation. And I knew that if I fell in love, I would stay in Atlanta. And I knew I did not want to stay in Atlanta, like as a single man, like, you know, so, and I knew like so many of the guys at UGA are just in Atlanta. Like I just was like, I need, I can't be in a relationship because I will like after graduation, just stay here. I want to go to New York or like San Francisco or LA, like one of the gay cities. Atlanta is a gay city, but I just like didn't want to be there. You have no idea how topical this is because I famously (laughs) got married in Atlanta and my in-laws are all, he's Matt is from Atlanta. They're all there. And I talked about it literally last week with the incredible Joe Dombrowski about like what I love Joe love, like what cities would I live in? And Matt one day would like to live in Atlanta. And yes, is Atlanta a gay city? Absolutely. But it's the vibes are so different everywhere. And so mm-hmm. with those vibes, when you said University of Georgia, I was like, that is, I think, famously, probably not the gayest world when you picture like any like if you think of NYU, you're just like, it's a fucking mm-hmm. uh, queer on every corner. UGA, <laughs> did you were you like even friends with gay people before you were out? No, 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 which I'm sure we'll get into this. But like, I, I like my last year there. I still pretty much my friend group is all straight now. However, my fifth year, so my fourth year is when I like came out, like I was like, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. And then one of my biggest regrets is all throughout life. I always wanted to be a cheerleader and I was like always athletic. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try out to be a cheerleader, but I'm at the university of Georgia, which is like a D one school. But I was just like, you know what? Like what, what, what can happen? Like what's the worst that can happen? I say no. And I'm not going to like beat myself up. And I um, tried out and I made the team. <gasps> so my fifth year, I was a cheerleader. And when you're a cheerleader at a school, a college, when you're a collegiate cheerleader, that like puts you on a pedestal in the gay world. Like, so basically my fifth year, every gay on campus knew who I, who I was instantly because I was a cheerleader. Holy, wait, Nick, where is the TV show about the gay guy newly out being like a gay celeb at a UG? <laughs> I'm like literally... I am buzzing that need because like when you watch Bring It On, of course, you're like oh, this is the best absolutely. movie of all time, and mm-hmm. to see the gay version of Bring It On, anyways, I cut you off. Continue. So, ba- so to answer your question on like how Georgia was, so I like I was there for a year and I like made some gay friends, and I also was on this thing called Greek Grind, which was uh, SD, the Jewish sorority. I was one of the Greek Greek Grind boys, so like. And every sorority picks one boy to be their team. So there's like 18 sororities or 17. So there's like 17 boys and typically they're gay guys because it's guys who like to dance and like essentially like attention whores. (laughs) Um, And so like statistically, it's like 80% gay guys. So I met a lot of guys on campus through that because I did it two years in a row. And then so I had gay friends at Georgia, but I definitely like my circle was very straight. Well, it sounds like you like really bloomed towards the end of school of like Mm -hmm. owning who you were and then kind of having an incredible cheerleading gay, like were all the cheerleaders hooking up with each other? Okay. So this is so disappointing at Georgia and every school is different of like, I think there was 10 guys. No, there was like 
Yeah, I think there's 10 guys on the team. Two, two of us were gay. <gasps> I was distraught. I was what? like, these hotties, I cannot wait. We're going to have orgies. And nope, not a single. And the one that was straight, or the one that was gay, was in a committed long-term <laughs> relationship. And I was like, cool. So, yeah, like, so absolutely you had an, no perks. You had an orgy with you and about no one else. Um, exactly. Wow. That but was... once you're in like the SEC cheerleading world, like all the like the LSU cheerleaders, the old Miss cheerleaders, like they all like know who you are. So then all of a sudden, like you get all these DMs on Instagram, and it's like, you know, you can you can make a trip over to Auburn or Alabama. Did you? Know, you? Like Did that. you make those trips? I might have made it. I might have made a trip to Auburn. How could you not? <laughs> if like a sexy Alabaman, gay, gorgeous cheerleader wants you to come over, you'll mm. you'll he'll do a full dismount to land on your face, mm. please. And exactly, thanks. Wow, I really do want to see the the movie, the gay bring it on movie. Did you? Were you a bring it on? Like growing up, was that awakening for you? No. So I never saw Bring It On until I was a cheerleader, and then they freaked out when I was like, I hadn't seen it, and they made me watch it. Was that like a closeted, like you refused to watch it growing up? No, no, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. I refused to. It just never came around. My, si- I, I'm an older sister, and most like chick flick things I saw because I watched with her. I would always like at school favor was caught like that i had watched like legally blind or something. I was like, oh my sister made me watch it and like secretly like i like asked her to watch it with me um but uh that is but, yeah, always I a gift it's a it. gift for i think a gay boy to have a sister because then he can be like no i don't like barbies <laughs> you're like but buttons pussycat dolls is on my ipod because my sister and i share uh, an account <laughs> my sister put fucking loosen up my buttons on my fucking ipod actually that re- i have three brothers three straight brothers and it actually makes me feel a little proud of myself that i was still able to be as flaming as i was because i really didn't i wasn't able to blame it on anyone except myself like that's huge no that's huge um wow nick <laughs> this, so is, this, this is really good so you do also have uh, a funny video about <laughs> a job interview you had, and because you are dyslexic, they said, so how, what are the odds of you wanting this job? And you're like, low. <laughs> and they're like, wait, really? How low? You're like, zero. Um, are you diagnosed dyslex? Okay, this is controversial, because I I am like, I'm not diagnosed dyslexic, but I have, I have a, an asterisk. I need to explain. Okay. So when I was in sixth grade, I went from being homeschooled to a private Christian school. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, when I moved from Alabama, Georgia to Alabama, my parent, I have an August birthday. So my parents were like, well, let's just set, set you back anyway. Cause like I wasn't excelling in school and I was homeschooled. And so, um, and it was going to be harder going to private school. So I like already repeated sixth grade. Then the school was like, we want to set him back. My parents were like, no, not two years in a row. So then they're like, well, he needs to get diagnosed for like learning disabilities and the teacher who specializes in it, like, was like, yeah, he definitely has dyslexia. He needs to go get, like, tested, though. And my older brother is, like, a huge teaser. And I am a cancer moon, super emotional, like, cry very easily. My older brother is just, like, was always, like, a tease. And, like, just love. Like, he, like, it got him, like, the biggest joy to just make me cry. Like, he wasn't, like, bully, but he just, like, anyway. So, at, around the dinner table one night, my mom was like, oh, yeah, Nick has to get tested. Like, I guess she like shouldn't have spilled the tea, but was like, yeah, he might have dyslexia. My brother being problematic was like basically, Oh, Nick's down syndrome. Like started calling me all these names, like saying I was like the R word and I start crying and I'm like, I can't have dyslexia. Like, no, no, no. So I realized what it was. And I like a sixth grade year old me not understanding that this was going to help me like with the SAT and the ACT. So when I got tested, 
when I was asked questions, I always never answered what I wanted to answer and picked whatever the opposite was. Or like when they would show me things or like whatever, I, whatever I wanted to do, I didn't do. And they were like, he passed with flying colors. <laughs> so I like tricked the system and to my own fucking demise. And I'm so pissed, but I know like, so I just haven't gotten retested because it's like $500. And at this point, I kind of forgot I did that until like college when I like relearned about like learning, learning disorders. And I was like, wait, I remember I was supposed to be dyslexic. And at that point I wasn't going to go to grad school. So I like, didn't need to study for a big test. Right. And you reverse psychology, the dyslexia test. Literally. I have to tell you that you, the story about your brother, it's so relatable. I think when you get teased because all kids tease, but as like a, a, closet a gay person it really does hit in a different way and like you being this emotional young person and getting made fun of in that way it's like it probably hits so deep and i wonder do you think like now when you look back do you wish you had like done anything differently to either stand up for yourself or like and communicate in any way of like if from what you know now would you have acted differently yes yes i would have just because i would have stuck stuck up for myself and then I mean, at the time, I would have been too scared to be like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, not just my brother, but like anyone, like the guys at school, you know, like I would, for science class, like I would bake a cake for a project for like making the cells and everyone else like had this two dimensional thing. And I came in with this like bunk cake that I put on tubes and like cut it through. And it was like, my teacher actually told my mom, she's like, Nick was supposed to do the project. And she was like, he did it. Um, but like, just like stuff like that, like I was always very creative and artistic. Mm-hmm. But then when I was, whenever I showed that I was called gay by my brother and by the boys at school. And so then I like suppressed it because I was like, I'm not gay. And so I kind of just like never really, I try to like hold back all that creativity or like all that or like acting. I love to like perform and stuff like that, dance and sing. And that was like gay. And so like little Nick, I wish I could go back and stick up for little Nick like right now, because that's who I wanted to be. But I'm basically living the way little nick wanted to and amen to that it's why that segment on drag race when they're always like what would you say to little nick right now and then they say like it's always so powerful because no matter what if you're like gay queer or otherwise i think you do wish you could say things to your younger self um that would tell them they're on a path that is actually good and not to worry about that path does your brother have an opinion about your videos now no, no, he's, he's supportive. Um, he's apologized. When I came out, he apologized, like literally, oh my God, it was great. I mean, everyone feels so, so bad at like my, all my like high, best high school friends. I, like, when I came out, like I, I didn't make them feel bad. They just like naturally felt bad because yeah. they like would call me gay and shit. And then, um, they're like, oh my God, I had no idea. And then, you know, of course they'd be like, I hope I never said anything. And I'm like, you did, you did, you definitely did. And I remember the date. <laughs> I'm here to confirm, uh, you know, April 24th. Um, <laughs> Literally. In a way, we wish we were never teased and all those things. But in a way, it's nice when that's the reaction versus like, I'm never going to talk to you again. Like, we right. much prefer the like, oh, fuck, I must have said some really shitty things. You're like, yeah, can, you did do that. But um, do you, are you still... <laughs> Did it change your relationship with the straight friends, either like in high school or from college when you came out? No, it didn't. It didn't change it. It, it made it slightly awkward because I went to a private Christian school. So my like best friends from high school are like very religious. Oh, um, so versus like my, so coming out to my high school best friends and my college best friends and like, not just like be like my college best friends are heathens, but, um, <laughs> But like it was easier because they weren't like who who were they to judge because like they're doing X Y and Z 
you know, mm-hmm. but then my high school best friends, they're like living in Huntsville, Alabama, like married with kids, like living the life that are going to church on Sundays. And I'm like, okay, they like, not that they should be judging at all, but like, I'm like, they are living that life. And like, it's a little hard. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a homosexual. And we know the Lord knows what we were raised to believe about homosexuals. Uh, so that was especially like in Huntsville, Alabama, where we love and whatever. I'm not going to fucking dance around it. There's like so many people in parts of the country, including the Midwest where I'm from, including like upstate New York, including the South. There's many places. But like when you think about a devout religious person in the South, like, yeah, I, I'm sure that it's probably a bit of mental math they have to do. Because they're being told by leaders that it's not okay. It's yeah, <sighs> it's complicated. It's complicated. Starring Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin, it really is. <laughs> um, well, listen, Nick. I want to get into the podcast question, which famously asks, "Whose fault is it that you're gay?" Nick Norsha, who do we blame, babe? Okay, I'm gonna blame my parents. And mainly my mom in the sense of what I was raised to watch as a kid. And it, it re- like backfired on them. Okay, oh, so let me, let me explain. Let me I explain. love this. So again, I grew up like homeschooled, then private Christian school. Mm-hmm. And like a homeschooled kid is like a very sheltered kid, right? Like your parents homeschool you typically, unless like you're like a celebrity because they don't want you to get like the evolution of education. They don't want you to get the sex ed. Like that's why a lot of parents like homeschool it, or send the Christian school. And so growing up, I like, when I tell you pop culture pre, like when I had access to the internet, I don't know anything. <gasps> so like pre 2008, I like, no, wait, that's no, why no. you never watch bring it on. Exactly. Okay. That makes there's sense. so, there's so many things I still have yet to see. But <sighs> anyway, all that to say is like growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob because my parents thought he was gay. I wasn't allowed to watch like Rugrats, pretty much anything on Cartoon Network. Rugrats? Rugrats, they were too mean to each other. And like Arthur couldn't watch that. Angelica Pickles is a fucking bitch. Angelica Pickles is a fucking bitch. I could watch like the classic Disney, like the Lion Kings and like all those classic Disney films I was allowed to watch. But growing up, I watched what my what my mom put on the TV for me. It was Shirley fucking Temple. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> and and boy, did little Nick love him some Shirley Temple. I was like, animal crackers in my... I mean, it's why I'm probably like this. I, I love musical theater so much. And I would watch that and like Singing in the Rain, Seven Brides or Seven Brothers, like all these old classic like <laughs> movies and so, like, I just remember being a little kid watching Seven Brats or Seven Brothers and being, like, li- so horny because there was all these hunky, burly men. But, like, Shirley Temple made me, like, this, like, musical-loving, dancing, singing boy. Nick, and then, the answer I- is... I want you to know how good this answer is. I love that your mom, <laughs> instead of making you into, like, an adult straight male, she turned you into a 65-year-old-ass queen fucking... Literally. Broadway loving, yes, yeah, my like tap Judy shoes, Garland. Judy. Yeah. like come on, baby. <laughs> Wait, so uh, I'm a very big musical theater stan. I, um, growing up, only wanted to be on Broadway. Literally went to school, and then like I graduated, and I did some musical theater, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna let them do that, and then I'm going to 
very much love it. I'm going to New York, actually. And we're seeing Funny Girl on Broadway. And we're seeing Into the Woods that Sarah Bareilles is in. Neil Patrick Harris is in it. Heather Headley plays the witch. Who else is it? It's like, it's going to be such a stacked cast. And so I just want to honor you by oh saying, my God, be jealous, bitch. I'm so jealous right now. So you watch the classics like Singing in the Rain. Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. Do you, what is your, do you still enjoy like, do you, like, for example, the Wicked movie going to be in two parts. Do you have a reaction to that? Do, have you seen Wicked? Do you have a modern love for musicals? Um, I have a modern love for musicals. Um, I have not, or I just saw Wicked on Broadway this January. So I just knew, like, I've, like, in, I knew the, the songs in mm-hmm. high school and college. Um, so what did you think of it on, in January? Did, did you like the show? I mean, I cried. Like, obviously. <laughs> like, I, it was amazing. Can you, like, the end of Act 1, Defying Gravity, The Blackout, mm-hmm. I, I'm nope, sure nope. you had the gay chills. Like, um, yeah, no, and I actually, like, I knew, you obviously with musical theater, if you just, like, listen to the soundtrack, you pretty much got the, like, plot. But I didn't realize, like, how, like, good the evil, the Wicked Witch is. And, like, how much of a bitch, um, what's her name? Glinda. Uh, uh, Glinda. Like, she's a fucking cunt. <laughs> like really we hate is. her Glinda, like, oh my God. you know someone might argue that it's just the role she was put in but no she's she's a monster she she treats elfie in bad bad ways but i'm gonna be honest with you i saw the show i was obsessed with it growing up and the the national tour came through st louis and i was in eighth grade and i got my parents got me tickets to see it and I was just so listening to the music, but the plot went over, like, all, like, the intricacies of the plot. I still did not mm-hmm. understand a damn thing after that show. I was like, I, I'm 14 years old. I'm just thinking about Alphabet's vibrato. Cut two. I saw it on Broadway, like, not not long before, like, a few months before you did. It was, like, October of last year. And it was the first time I actually understood the plot points. And I that show clearly has been running on Broadway for, like, however many years. And it is, like such a well-oiled machine there's a reason why it's done so well there's a reason why the movie is mm-hmm. gonna be hopefully great but do fingers you think i mean fingers crossed do you do we think the two parts is a disaster i mean it's i just hate i just hate like i don't i need closure even though i know it's gonna happen i just like i know i'm gonna watch the the first one love it and then it's gonna end and i'm gonna be like are you kidding me i have to wait i do have some inside scoop that i haven't told anyone that um someone who i know that is in the biz confirmed to me that it does end with defying gravity which is like probably not a big reveal but that because of like the, that's how the first act ends but i guess what we're going to experience is cynthia revo destroying defying gravity we get the goosebumps and then we actually wait maybe this is going to be okay because a lot of people say that the first act is actually the only good act and the second act doesn't have as many good songs i don't know but then but then got, that's going to make it hard for the, se- the second movie well the, the second, second because then right. it's like you like well how can you get excited about what, going to see wicked without hearing defying gravity like you wouldn't oh. go to the play you wouldn't go to the play after intermission like no one would do that <laughs> yeah you only see the second act that is a good point do you think do you think they're going to have a different title for wick like what is wicked 2 is going to the title going to be i don't know Pe- there were some jokes on twitter that were very funny first it was wicked 2 back in the habit which of course is sister act 2's title but then they went from that sister uh sorry wicked 2 Bach in the habit as in the character of Bach, which we love um i can't wait to see what tacky name to come up with a sequel for wicked yeah. 2 
probably going to disappoint us all. Ruby, Ruby slipper, not <laughs> for dinner. All right, I'll work on it. I'll workshop it. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, <laughs> wow. So I love that you blame your mom for showing you the gay-ass-ass musicals growing up as home. Did you, Was the homeschool reason because they didn't want you to know about evolution? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not just evolution, but it was like, it's that mentality that like, secular world's very evil and like you need to control like what you're the what goes into the brains of the young people yeah and listen i'm incredibly interested in this world i am only asking because i really think it's so interesting i mean zero disrespect but i if you don't mind i want to ask a few more questions oh no i'm an open book so does your brother believe in evolution which one my older brother your older brother i don't i would think See, it's so, a, it's an interesting. It's okay. Um, do your parents? How do your parents feel about gay marriage? Not in support of it. So my mom died when I was seventeen, so I can't oh talk gosh. to her about it, which I'm sucks sorry. because, like, that's the one thing is like she was my mom. If I could like make a movie character my mom, or like for people that hadn't met her, she's literally like Maria on um, Sound Music. Because she was so religious, she like would have wanted to be a nun, but she also like loved kids so much, and all oh. she wanted to do was like be a mom, and was like a very loving, and she like would sing all the time. Like growing up, like we would sing in the car. Like she was just very much like that singy type, like very lively. Op- I mean, I'm essentially a gay, like not very religious, like vulgar yes. version of her. Yes. So what you're what you're what you're painting is a really beautiful picture of not the cold religious uh identity mm-hmm. but more of like it's about the love and the connection it just happens to be a part of a religious sect of the the world yeah and like in my in my head because i again i can't like change like i know who she, how her stance was with gay marriage like pre 
her death. Right. Um, but because she didn't, you know, like obviously have me or like, I don't think she had very many close friends that were gay. I like, you know, a lot of people, it's just what they were raised to believe. And if you're raised to believe that gay people are like an abomination or God, you know, like all this stuff, like you just believe it because you're not challenged. And so then once you have like a gay kid, that's when you're kind of like, that's when, you know, like, and so she didn't get that chance. So like in my head, I would, I would think that, you know, maybe she would like come to terms with it, but who knows? I think that's totally, that's totally a great point. And to support that, my parents are interestingly enough in a group of friends who are from they're all living in missouri in st louis it's not again similar to atlanta or huntsville like not a very known to be like a queer area and randomly multiple of their closest friends all have children who are gay and not only gay two sets of my parents friends have children who have come out as non-binary and since this has happened my parents have been so much better about pronouns and about just like learning more and just like you're saying about being exposed or 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 knowing people you love that are a part of these communities it completely shifts how Mm -hmm. you perceive it and i think that that is a hundred percent spot on which is why it is so important of course for like yes representation like movies and tv shows and shit but also just like to know people and to put a face to what any type of community thinks like gay people are gonna burn in hell whatever it's like oh actually like this nick guy is fucking awesome and there's no reason for him to burn in hell besides the satan videos that he makes that is an abomination right now that would be a reason (laughs) (laughs) and that that is a reason um wow 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 i do think another reason you might burn in hell is because you uh posed for a picture with newt gingrich when you were 16 years old i did do that that did happen that did he happen. visited my church oh is that what happened he did oh my god first redeemer in coming georgia it's this like big church that is very political and like the pastor like wrote the bible and it's called the patriots bible sure and it just has like little bits that he just like stories that he put in like it's always like like, the south will rise again (laughs) literally oh it's so i mean we had we had so many like gop people come and see it like i can't that is so fucked uh, up to me how how um political religion can be where it's like haven't we heard of the whole separation of church and state meanwhile Mm -hmm. gingrich is touring churches yeah It's, it's frustrating i mean what's Whenever I have an argument with like my friends that are religious and um, very conservative, they always throw in typically always abortion and then gay marriage, which is like they like kind of like quiet when they talk to me about their gay marriage. Um, but uh, but I'm like okay, but when Jesus was on Earth, if you know like religion, I'm like, what did he preach? Because that would have been what is most important to the religion. It's like you know when Jesus was there, what was he preaching? Mm-hmm. And did he bring up abortion? Did he bring up gay marriage? Did he bring up like, any of that? No. What did he bring up? Hun- like feeding the hungry, the elderly, the poor, like o- like helping these um like refugees in the Bible. All, all that was like what he his message was like love, love, love. And that is what like the Democrat Party is trying to do. And I'm like, and it's like they're like, no, we're, we it's it's because of our faith we have to we have to vote against uh, homosexuality, uh, you know, gay marriage and abortion. I'm like. Okay, but we want to build a wall. We want to like not have universal right, health care. We want right. to like do all these things. Anyway. It is so interesting when you think about yourself. Like, do you want to get married one day? Uh, yeah. And so, does that? Do you think like when you envision your wedding, 
does it ever cross your mind about like what it would be like to invite religious people that are are close to you? Mm-hmm. I don't actually know if some of my friends would come. Yeah. Um, kind of like I don't know if you've seen like the Colton Underwood documentary, but when mm-hmm. he had his pastor's conversation, a lot of I got a lot of that. Like, so we support you in the sense of like we love you as a human, but we can't tell you that like we love this life for you, right? If that makes sense. And so to them, if they came to a gay wedding, that would be them celebrating gay marriage and. So it's one of those things where, and like, again, these aren't like necessarily my closest friends that I'm worried about, but like my friends that I went to high school with, like a lot of them, I'm like, I don't know if they would come. And like my football coach, like, I don't know if he, like, I like love him. He's like a dad, he's like a second dad to me, but like he wouldn't officiate it. You know what I'm saying? Cause right. he's, a, he's a pastor. Oh, wow, man. I mean, he hasn't told me that, but I'm just like assuming that. Right, right, right. This is also, I give you a lot of credit for celebrating yourself in such a way that the world wants you to while knowing of course like that some of the people that you know from where you come from is just so different from where you've landed now mm-hmm. well yeah. listen as we continue on i want to go to a segment of this podcast that i've never done before and it's actually a new segment that i've called Ooh. a very controversially um <clears throat> It's called Questions for Hot People. This is a bunch of questions I have for a hot person. And Nick Norsha, you are fucking <laughs> oh hot. Uh, many hot people get the question of, would you consider an OnlyFans? So I'm not asking you this, but I'm asking if you were to consider an OnlyFans, what, what do you say to people that ask you that question? Um, I, I pretty much say, <laughs> like when people are like, oh, you should do an OnlyFans. I'm like, I'm already opening myself up to like the internet and the criticisms and like all that stuff. And like already having that like mental toll. Um, and to do it naked would only allow more criticism. And <laughs> that makes it sound like I have a small dick. Um, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm just saying of like course. all the judgment or like whatever. And I'm like, it's not worth it because it's not like if I like was, you know, broke and like needed the money, like, yeah, it would be a little bit more enticing, but like, I'm doing fine. I don't need, like, yes, I could make more money, but like, it's not worth it for me. You know, I'm like, do yes. I do it? So I'm just like, I'm not going to do it. You're I'll already, just, you know, you're I've, already in abomination in so many people's minds. Why right. would you like go full? But when run? I put my ass on Instagram, like I forgot when I like did that for the first time, people are like, I can't believe you're doing this for free. And I was like, I mean, I could, but then I would feel bad if I like didn't only fans people subscribed. And I just like every month did like, an ass picture. Showed a cheek. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just would feel bad taking your money for that. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I could post ass <laughs> on the internet. So I, I, I think you, you're brave. That's brave. Um, okay, many hot people. People think that they feel great about themselves all day, every day. Nick, what is your biggest insecurity? Physical insecurity. Oh, uh, my hairline. You and me both, babe. Um, Nick, that hairline. Yeah. I wish I, I had your the hairline. Receding hairline. Do you? What are you doing? <laughs> do you? Are you doing anything for um, preventative measures? No, I don't have enough for. Like, I don't I haven't researched the preventive measures. I like thought about doing the pills that they have. I if they you work. are actually concerned, which by the way, I think your hairline looks very, very robust and gorgeous. So I'm just saying Thank that. You. If you do feel concerned, my biggest regret is I wish I'd gone on Propecia the pill earlier. The dermatologist was like, "You might not get a boner," and I was like, 
then I don't want to do it. Cut to most people are fine. So if you feel concerned about that, I'm a very big Propecia proponent. Ooh, and okay. all it does is just like stops your hair from losing. Anyways, um, interesting. You're you're insecure about your hairline, which I did. That fu- video was funny where you say like when you are sucking dick, then all people see are your, is your hairline. Oh right? Like I literally, when I found that out, I was like, oh my God. And that is when I get out of the shower, like when I'm like, or like jump in the pool and get out. Um, if I like, if I like let it, if oh, I don't yeah, touch my yeah, hair yeah. when it gets out, you know how it like does it, and it, like, it even looks like it's coming back here sometimes, just because it like your hair splits. And oh, like, oh, I am God. getting out of the shower is a, a daily battle. It's it's yep. really you're just being, confronted. and you don't like side pictures because like it just gets all. Oh my that. God, Nick! You bet. Listen to this. I got a hair. So I, you know, like when you don't have your a good haircut person, it's like very, mm-hmm. it's very um vulnerable and so i when when we moved i had did not have a hair person in la and so i would go to a new person like literally every haircut would try a new person and this one guy he turned my back to the mirror the whole time he was cutting my hair with i couldn't see a darn thing terrifying terrifying and so i was sitting there minding my own the next thing he knows he shows me it at the end and it was much shorter than i thought it would ever be and as someone who has hairline insecurity i was like is this my worst nightmare and so i leave and i say to matt i was like this is so short is am i okay do i look insane and he was like no and his no it was not a confident no and so reassuring no the reason why i bring it up is because i was just like very much panicking i go to my friend's house and she takes a few pictures because i was visiting her son there was a side picture and i lost my i deleted those immediately went to my recently deleted folder deleted those immediately and then i i would never go to this man again and it was tragedy upon tragedy and i did not get a haircut for like two months because i needed to grow that shit out all this to say i think i found my haircut person a few weeks ago and i just want (laughs) to tell you i'm so so thrilled um okay i want to ask another question for hot people my next question for hot people is as a hairy bodied stunner have you always enjoyed your body hair or has it been something you had to grow to love i had to grow to love um i uh... Did you shave it up until like two years ago? No, no, no. When I first, when it was coming in though, it took a while for it like full peck to be hairy. A mm-hmm. lot of times it was like, oh my God, like I remember like ninth grade me, I was like nipple hair and like happy trail and it looked so bad. Um, and then it started, you know, it was like this patch and, um, but I just was kind of like, yeah, I didn't really know how it felt. And like, again, back in the early 2000s to like mid the, the Channing Tatum body, like that was like it, like the Abercrombie Fitch body. Yeah. Like that was like hairless. Like you know, all I saw of like, the hot bodies were like these hairless jocks, G.I. Joe looking guys. And so, um, and it was, I feel like it's, it's very Tom Finland back when hair was like hot back in the eighties and the nineties. And then that kind of went into like this hairless, like mole rat look. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I'm clearly not salty for people that had done Anyway. So I, part of that was it. And then, um, but I've shaved it just cause I like, I love like growing out a mustache, growing out a beard, like changing my, I just love like changing my look. So sometimes I'm just like, if I shave my chest, I just feel like a completely different person. So sometimes wow. I, I do it just for like, to feel, to feel something. Shaving um, to feel something. Is that <laughs> the name of this episode? It might be. Literally. When, when's the last time you shaved your, your chest? It was when it would have been during the pandemic. It was like 
August 2020, I think. I have a photo back then where I like have like half my chest shaven <gasps> and half not. And then oh, I finished no. it off with like it shaven. That was the last time I shaved it. Wow. My next question for hot per, for hot hairy people is do you find yourself attracted to someone without a lot of body hair with or in general what do you gravitate towards physically? Um I actually I like both. Like I've been like I was dated a guy that had like completely like no body hair and I was like totally into that. And then I dated guys that have like more hairier than me. But I I I would prefer body hair, but it's not like it's a turn off if they don't have it. The sure. one thing I don't love, which I have it, I just have to shave it, is back hair. Mm. I mean, tail is so old I, as time. You need a lot of hair in the front. You got to deal with the the hair other places. Yeah. Do you do you are you a waxer? Are you a self shaver? What do you do? Fortunately, it's only like here on me, so mm-hmm. I can get it with a razor. And then it's like I don't really mind it. It's like right above my crackers, my there's my um. A, a, bit there but that patch doesn't really bother me it's like but it's every now and then i have like the patches like you know like, yeah yeah, yeah like, of course uh, wait 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 traps, do you remember a very big moment for me is uh, i think it was nick jonas there was a picture of him in some magazine and he had that lower back here like oh, above his yes. ass that was yes, like I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I think like all of the hairy people were like i feel like i see myself in the media for the first time <laughs> i'm represented i am represented in nick jonas's lower back hair um yeah that a lot of people get turned on by that i mean it's crazy how many people i've said this before that the only one of the first times i accepted my body hair was when i hooked up with someone who was super into body hair like i Mm -hmm. thought for a while i was just really gross and then i was like oh wait a minute there is a reason for a season there are people who like like there is people who are super into it and now if i were to shave my entire body i would literally receive divorce papers like matt would be so fucking pissed if i shaved my body that is so funny that's so cute though i know is it it's also kind of criminal um so let's see here i want to get to another podcast question which i gotta ask you nick if the world were ending and you could only save one character actress, who would you save? Okay, I feel like someone's going to come for me and say that she's not a character actress, and I will I will fight you on this. Um, I will save Dolly Parton. Oh, Nick, no one said that before. I think that's really inspired. Nick, wait, Dolly, okay, let's unpack, let's unpack. Dolly Parton is, Do- I am one to think that you can make a case for anyone being a character actress, so let's talk about Dolly. She is, of course, a larger-than-life personality mm-hmm. um one might consider her to like play mostly the same character herself but herself and- but herself has so many facets i mean so and also <laughs> in and of herself she's a character in and of herself and also like character actresses famously wear wigs and we're not going to say that dolly is her own hair right that's not her hair mm-hmm. no she wears wigs it's not her hair it's not her yeah. tits it's but also she's so open about how she changes her appearance i think this is a great answer nick i think oh, it you. also it thank also you. kind of like takes us back to your your southern roots it also mm-hmm. into your, your gay presence dolly is such a gay icon which i know the word oh, yeah. is overused but she is um and she created a vaccine so you're literally all, like, you're, she's like a philanthropist she's just oh she's everything and i love dolly because she's just it she has such a unique like hold on her fans and like just like society as a whole because uh like not to get like 
too like emotional or like Please. deep but, like my my grandma who i do not speak to because she's the most homophobic person i've ever met um had not seen her since i came out loves dolly parton me a flaming homosexual loves dolly parton and like she lives in pitch and forge tennessee so i grew up going to like dollywood all like so that's why it's very like i get like nostalgia when i like yeah. see dolly because it's like i grew up like in that world every christmas we would go there and so like now that i kind of like got annexed from that but then like Dolly's still like, but she's like, she's the glue that binds my family together. Dolly uh, is the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. I, she, I, I was actually going to ask if you've been to Dollywood and clearly you have many times. I love Christmas and they do Christmas like lights everywhere. Like, I can only them. imagine. I can only mm-hmm. imagine a, do- a very Dolly Christmas. Uh, do you know how old she is? Cause I just looked it up. I want you to guess. Isn't she 73? She's 76. Very close. Very close. 76 years young. And the fact that she has such a gorilla grip on pop culture as a 76-year-old woman, like, Mm -hmm. we love you, Dolly Parton. Thank you for for being the one thing that bonds homophobic people and the gays. (laughs) (laughs) But bless her heart for having to, like, deal with that like fan base you know like can you imagine going to a concert <laughs> truly i mean like what an interesting cross section of people like screaming homos and then the people who think they deserve zero rights <laughs> like the gop like trump loving people like in her concerts and us as well <laughs> yeah how do, i don't know how she handled that that no. is a miracle in and of itself a christmas miracle if you will True. um one of my one thing i do want to ask you about is one of your videos <clears throat> i really love is how you say that plants are the new pets pets are the new kids and kids are the new exotic animals because you got to be crazy or rich to have them uh do you uh first of all are you a plant gay are you good with the plants i thought i was first of all i did steal that from my friend justin he posted a thing on his story and then that day i made that video so i did not come up with that that line but uh i love plants and i like love like doing a garden if I like could be a Martha Stewart living in the Hamptons, I would do it immediately, which is kind of why I need that going back to the investment banker husband, you know, yes. like everything full circle now. Full yep. circle. Um, I just like would love to have a garden anyway. So I love plants. I love like more of like plants that produce something that I can eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I have two plants in my room. I'm planning on getting some more, but my fiddle fiddle leave, however you say it, he's dying. And I am trying to not make him die, and it's not working. Sure. So. Those are tough. Those are, for, I don't know a darn thing. Matt is really good with plants, but like I've seen how hard it is. And uh, do you, when you envision your Martha Stewart life, do you have, mm. do, you, do you have your own children running, running, running around the gardens? <sighs> this, it's so hard because I love kids. No, 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 no. I love like babies. I love yeah, like yeah, babies yeah. and cute kids. And then once they get like no longer like cute <laughs> and they're just like annoying and like hormonal, like I'm like, do not come back to when we can get drunk. Like I know. So essentially from like like fourth grade to like senior year of high school, I just want to ship them to <laughs> ship them to the school. I know. Um, I think about that too because I love babies more than words can say. I'm obsessed with like holding the baby or like when they get to like two years old and they start to like in their walk and like so cute. But then envisioning when I have kids and dealing with like an angry teenager, I'm like mm-hmm. and also like to parent with someone else and deal with that. We all deal with things in such different ways. Like I know Matt and I will 
love our children and be good parents but i'm also know we're gonna fight about like i'm gonna want to overshare and over talk and he's gonna want to under talk and so like mm-hmm. finding that in the middle is gonna be tough but i maybe or or just we'll send them off to boarding school in connecticut and call it a day like yeah. well and then also like what if your kids which is like as a good parent like if your kids interests aren't yours which is like you should support that but like say say like your kid wants to like be a cheerleader then you have to be a cheer mom yeah but like what if you don't want to be a cheer mom like or what if you're our like worst theater nightmare. or like sports exactly. whatever it is it becomes your life too like they want to do travel baseball like oh, do, you, do you want to spend your weekends going to like different cities and watching your son play baseball like you know like that's scary our worst nightmare is raising a sports kid like they're like <laughs> but i want to play lacrosse and we're like but what about the tap shoes i mean it truly it's like <laughs> i do not and again, if they happen to be straight, I know that they didn't choose that life and <laughs> that they, we support them in any of their hetero endeavors. Um, well, Nick Norsha, I want to thank you for coming on this podcast, but I do want to close out with a question that you might not have an answer to because you didn't watch Pop Culture until you were uh, 22. What, Nick, do you have an answer for what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? <laughs> I knew you're okay. So listen, I did my due diligence because I am, I do not come on a podcast that I've not listened to before, and I watched Joe's and I was like, okay, I don't have any. I have Lion King would be my answer, and then I watched <laughs> Nick. I watched Nick and Eric because like I was just like, so I watched three, and you asked all three. I said last night I watched Sister Act and Sister Act two. You're joking, like, oh. Nick. Listen, I had to. Wait, 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 wait. I had to be up at. I had to be up at. 7 30 and i was up till 2 a.m because i watched sister act it ended at midnight and i was like i can't not watch six sister act 2 because i've heard it's better and i love sister act i was up till 2 a.m last night watching those two movies so that i could tell you that sister act 2 is my favorite whoopi goldberg movie i could literally cry right now oh my <laughs> god nick you were up so late doing such a uh, such a such a an act of charity to the world the more people that have seen sister act 2 the better this world is and nick you are one of the gorgeous parts of this planet i do not know how that movie has not been in my life this long like and also i oh my god my roommates who are like 35 and 36 36 and 33 so dead ancient ancient but they like grew up with like the 90s the 80s the 90s like pop culture things and they re- when they realized that i'd never seen the birdcage dead to me death be- or death becomes her yeah first wives club like yes. they sat me down like during the pandemic they sat me down and one day we literally watched like what's the one as if movie like, like the, clueless the pre-mean girls clueless like all those like classic we literally sat down and had like boot camp and i just watched like all these i love your roommates so much i'm so touched that you watch the movies i think your answer is 100 percent correct that two is the best and yes. i cannot tell you how much that has made my day how much that has made my week you are such an angel to have watched those movies and to do your work and i'm so well, no, thank glad- you i'm so glad you love sister act too oh, oh yeah, i mean especially with like all the churchy shit and like the i got emotional um during the ode to joy because i knew every word and like i knew <laughs> like it was like I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Oh my God, that is so fucking magical. And I'm just really breathing in this moment. Oh, Nick, thank you for coming on this podcast and being such a gem and a joy. Where can people follow you? Um, I'm My username is the same on all three, Twitter, Instagram, and at TikTok. Uh, Nick underscore Norsha, that's N-O-R-C-I-A. 
and everyone you gotta follow nick for the funny for the hottie for the hairy and for everything and all of it um thank you so much nick i cannot wait to hopefully reconnect maybe we'll do a sister act 2 theme party and you're totally gonna be invited thank (sighs) you i would love it thank you so much for having me i had so much fun a joy up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.